Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. Good morning, everyone. So good to be with you. So good to be here. My name is Jared, one of the pastors here at Freedom Church. Another welcome I want to extend to our online audience. Thank you for tuning in today. And man, isn't it so good to be a person of faith? And a lot of times we talk about the difficulties of living by what you can't see. But you know, the alternative is living by only what you can see. I mean, how hard would it be to develop hope? How hard would it be to, to keep going if all you had to go on was what you see and have experienced? I would say maybe that's harder. <laughs> so as we sing, even, you're working even when I don't feel it. I would say, I'm thankful that that's my position. I'm thankful that faith can give you that when even things you see won't. So, so good to be among you. Uh, I bring you greetings from Pastor Nathan and Mary. They are on vacation, just visiting family and getting away for a little bit, so they wanted me to extend a greeting to you, and so they're with you, with us in spirit. Uh, They'll be back next week, and I wanted just to share that I'll be gone next Sunday, and I would actually ask that if you keep me in prayer uh, this upcoming week and next weekend, we're in a sermon series called This is the Kingdom. We've been talking about being salt, and we're talking about being light today, and just you know, reaching the love of God beyond our immediate borders, beyond this house and these people. And so the Lord has given us as Freedom Church and me specifically an opportunity the next week uh, to minister and to be a, a help to a church in Walhalla, North Dakota. Has anyone been in Walhalla? I have yet to. And so a pastor friend of mine, Pastor David Clayson, uh, is out there and his wife Emily. And so they've invited me to, to share in the Sunday morning service there and to do kind of an evangelistic evening service. And so I'm really excited to do that. And so I thought I'd just share with you, just keep me in prayer this week if you think of me and just what God is doing in Walhalla and just really believe that God is stirring and doing a work there. So extend that to you. Uh, So I wanted to open this morning by asking, uh, do you ever find things don't work as they should? That's a pretty common question. Yeah, sometimes things don't work like they should. And I would say... A lot of, if when you're a homeowner, that's particularly true. Things aren't the way they're supposed to be. They, they, things don't work the way they're supposed to work. And I have found that I am a reluctant handyman. And the reason I think I'm reluctant is because I always think it's a bigger issue than sometimes it is. It's like, oh, no, I, I, I don't have my master's degree in elect, electrical engineering. I don't know, how, how am I going to replace this outlet? <laughs> You know, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do a furnace repair. You know, I'm not a, a trained, you know, a specialist in that area. You know, oh, it turns out it was the filter we needed to change. Okay. Uh, I was actually really proud of myself today because the, the, the doorknob to our bathroom wasn't locking anymore. And, you know, things not working like they should. And I, I don't know, you know, the inner workings, mechanical workings of a doorknob, how to get the lock to work. And so I put things off because I think it's a bigger issue. And so finally, I got around to it, and I got up my little screwdriver, and I started unscrewing the screws, and I heard a click, and it was working. I screwed it back in and said, yeah, <coughs> doorknob's fixed. You know, I said, <coughs> don't have to worry about that anymore, honey. That, that doorknob is working now. <laughs> and sometimes that happens. I don't know if that ever happens to you. Uh, maybe this is probably the most common one. You sit down, and you have the TV remote on, not working. And maybe you don't think this, I've never thought this, but we don't really think, uh-oh, the electromagnetic field is down. <laughs> you, 
You know, maybe it's the solar flare that's messing up the laser beam. You know, what's the most common solution? Got to check the batteries. Okay, so you flip it over. Oh, there's no batteries in it because we take it out because the kids play with it all the time. That's right. Well, in a similar vein, uh, one of my, my kids just got an electronic game, like a Uno card game, and got, brought it home, and, and shortly after it, well, it was kind of, wasn't working. It was kind of on the fritz, and so we, we changed the batteries, and then it still wasn't working. And then I went so far as to think, well, maybe those batteries were bad. <laughs> maybe we got to change those batteries, so you change them out. But it's interesting how often problems aren't as big as you might think they are. When things aren't working the way they're supposed to, the problem often isn't a big thing, and sometimes it is. Sometimes you really do have to bring your car in, <laughs> bring out you know, the heating, cooling specialist for your furnace, but a lot of times, it's not a big issue. And this morning, I wanted to talk about an area of our lives that could be an obvious disconnect, but might be a simple solution. And so if you have access to the Word of God this morning, I invite you to open up to the book of Matthew, first book in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 14, Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16. So last week, Pastor Nathan talked about how we are the salt of the earth, and this is our global impact month, as Pastor Joel said earlier, and so we are really looking at how we can be an impact to our community, how we can be impact to our surrounding region, and even to the world to bring this message of Jesus. So last week was the salt of the earth, and this week is a similar theme. We're looking at the light of the world. And so let's just read it together. It'll be on your screen as well, and then we'll, uh, we'll dive into it. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So I kind of think of this passage as kind of like the, the label on the back of a, any item you buy at the store, like a bathroom uh, locking handle. You are the light of the world. This product comes with light capabilities. It just says you are the light of the world. And so if you see that for ourselves, it doesn't say you will be someday. It doesn't say you, know, you have to go through, jump through these hoops to do that. It doesn't say you have to buy the extended warranty for this to work this way. It just says, as a believer in Jesus, you are the light of the world. And do you ever think like me, like, man, sometimes there's just a disconnect. Sometimes that's not true. Not that I'm casting darkness. But you think, I am a, the light of the world. So me functioning just the way that I'm supposed to function is a natural conduit of God's love. A natural conduit, a display of who God is, of God's love and the message of Jesus. That's what I think he's referring to when he says light. Just a general illuminator of truth and of God's love to people around you. And if you're like me, sometimes I think, it's not, that's not really working like it should sometimes. Why do I feel this undue pressure? Why do I feel like whenever I strike up a conversation with people, it feels pretty easy, but then we go to that conversation, 
oh, I feel this weird block. Fear doesn't seem like it's working the way it should work. And I was really helped this week studying this passage because, again, my mind could go to, it must be a big problem. You know, maybe I didn't take enough seminary classes. You know, maybe I haven't been a pastor long enough. Or maybe you might be thinking, maybe it's because I'm not a pastor, because I didn't go to seminary. Maybe because I haven't read through the entire Bible enough. I think this is a big thing that it might take weeks and months, even years before I can get to this place. But you know what the Lord really encouraged me this week? That the first step, or maybe the biggest area of troubleshooting, is not all of these extra experiences, all this extra knowledge, but it could really boil down to the batteries. And the batteries in our life could be just pure willingness. Batteries are like the fuel for an electronic device or whatever it might be. There's a lot of complicated things in that that's already set, but the battery is something simple that you and I can, can work with. So look with me in verse uh, 16. He's talking about you're the light of the world. City of Santa Hill can't be hidden. And then verse 16, this is where the Lord really blessed me this week. In the same way, let your light shine. You know what I hear in that? Just, just let it go. Just let it happen. And what I hear in that is just willingness. That if you're willing, that is like a spiritual energy source that God takes care of the rest. That if I come into a situation with a mindset or a conversation or just life in general with a basic willingness, that that will take care of the rest. Let your light shine before others. Just let it, let it out. Just let it go. Let your natural inclination go to the places and go to the things that God naturally puts on your heart. And the biggest, at least in my life, the biggest hindrance to that happening is I am not willing ahead of time. So that when it comes, there's a, uh-oh, a conversation point or an act of good deed or maybe generosity in some way. Things that God is naturally bringing into my life, into my heart, to my mind. The only thing that's stymie in it is just a degree of unprepared unwillingness. And for me, that's helpful because I can correct that. I can think through my life and say, what are the things I'm willing to say? What are the things I'm willing to say? What are the things I'm willing to disclose about my faith? And if I just think of those ahead of time, well, then it works well. I was also looking at this passage, and sometimes I get kind of overwhelmed because I don't know how do I go about doing the right thing? Or how do I organize the right setting or situation? How do I really set myself up in these conversations? Well, look again in verse 14. You are the light of the world. And if we're willing to be that, I think the rest of it follows. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. Think of a stand like this. If I had a light that needed to illuminate this room, I wouldn't put it on the stage or on the floor. I'd put it on the stand so it casts bigger light. And I think, did the light have to find its own stand? Does the light have to craft or create its own stand? 
Or does someone else put something that's a light on a stand that they found or prepared? And I feel that the Lord spoke to me and said, when you are willing to be a light, I will organize the opportunities for you to be a light. That if you take a step in this service and say, you know what, I'm willing. I'm willing to share things about my life. I'm willing to, to do, go the extra mile for people. I'm willing to be generous. I'm willing to be a light. I believe the Lord's word for us this morning is, if you are willing I will find the stands to put you on. If you consider yourself a light and are willing to be that, God will organize the opportunities for you to be that. And so that's not really on us. Obviously, that we can do things, but I believe if we this morning say, I'm willing, that God will organize things for you even this week. He will find the stands. He will find the conversation points. He will find the opportunities for you. And he will access that place of willingness and say, here you go. I think of back when I was in college. We were at a college, a part of a college ministry. And we were just in a, I don't really remember all the details, but I remember being in a worship service. It was toward the end of my college career. And I remember just worshiping the Lord. And I remember coming into my heart such, a, such an eagerness just to share my faith. I think it was the Lord doing this in my life, but I just remember, I remember just, just receiving that and saying, God, I really want to tell people about Jesus. And you know what immediately came into my mind after that? It's like God downloaded a plan. So the willingness, it's like, God, I just want to be a light. I, I do. I really do. I really want to tell people what I found in Jesus Christ. I want to be a light. And God downloaded a plan. He's like, okay. You can go into the student union, there's a lot of people there, and just strike up a conversation about Jesus. And it made sense to me. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. And so I did. So the next Monday, I think we had a Sunday night service for our college ministry, so I went into the, the student union, there's a lot of people, and what made sense to me was just go up and say, hey, my name is Jared, can I sh share two minutes with you about who I know Jesus to be? Just simple. If they say no, okay. If they say yes, okay, we're in. And the first person that I came to was someone I already knew. Uh-oh. <laughs> From high school. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, oh, man, no, no, oh, no. <laughs> bail on this. And you know what? I would have bailed. I would have bailed the whole thing. God had prepped me, prepared me. But you know what kept me in it? A genuine willingness. Like, No. I want to share with this guy. He was on my basketball team, high school, never really talked about the Lord, even though I was a Christian in high school. But here he was in the union. I don't think I ever saw him on campus before. Maybe he transferred that day to that same college. I don't know. <laughs> but I said, hey, Kenny, uh, you know, I see you're studying here, but man, would you be willing to take two minutes to let me share with you what Jesus has done in my life? And he said, sure. And so I shared with him about Jesus. I rubbed shoulders with him in high school, never once. There was a disconnect with that. And I thought, man, why haven't I done this in the past? And I think it's because I hadn't been willing. The things that I had done is because I was willing to do them. The things that I hadn't done is because I was unwilling to do that. And so God organizes opportunities for us when we're willing. 
It's like the remote. There's a lot of complicated things in a remote that I'll never learn. I'll never know how to build a remote. Just like this. I don't know how God organizes things. I don't know how God brings people in your path. I don't know how God sets up in opportunities. I don't understand how that works. And I can't enter in. I'm not smart enough to organize it all. When a guy says, I want you to take care of something deeper, that's actually the energy source for all that I set up. And that's, that's just willingness, eagerness, that I'll be a light. I want to do that. And so this morning, I'm excited to introduce to you a friend of mine. His name is Sean. He's actually a, a missionary. Him and his family have been missionaries. And so what I love about his story, since it's Global Impact Week, uh, I hear that in his story, just a willingness that God utilized in different seasons of their life. And so I'll invite you up, Sean. Why don't you come up and just share with the Freedom Family. Yes. Why don't you just share a little bit about your story and what you're doing? And so, yeah. Are we ready? All right. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Sean. Nice to be here with all of you. Um, I'm a missionary to Iranians, my family. So it's just not me. It's also my whole family. Um, I've got four kids, and I want to show you uh, a picture. They're not here with us this morning. They're going to be with us in the second service today. But this is my family here. Um, and uh, so the one I'm holding is Nathan. He's five. And then the one next to me is Natalie. And she is 13. Next to her is Nadia. And she is 9. And then Nehemiah is 11. And then Brenna, you don't need to know her age. Uh, my wife, Brenna. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, the, you know, when we are missionaries, we're missionaries together. So we went overseas. This church, Freedom Church, has uh, wonderfully been supporting us for uh, the past three and a half years. So thank you so much for your support to us and your continued uh, support. Um, I want to, there's two things I want to just share with you, which go along with, with what Pastor's been talking about today. Um, I wanted to share with you my calling into missions, um, which was a process, but I want to share just a, kind of a high point. I was invited to go on a short-term missions trip. I used to pastor in Ellendale, North Dakota, where Trinity Bible College is, and um, I was good friends with many of the professors there at the college. And um, so one of the professors, the missions director there, invited me to go on a short-term missions trip to China with him as a co-leader with some students. And when we went over, we went to uh, the city called Dali, which is an ancient city in China. And early one morning, we went on a prayer walk around the old city wall and um, before the sun came up. So we got about halfway through the, the prayer walk and we decided to take a break. And uh, as we were taking a break, the sun was starting to come up, and Dave, um, the missions director, was showing us a university that was over on the hill, right? And as he was showing us this university, there was a man who came up onto the wall to do his morning stretches, which he did every day. But this day was a little bit different because there was a bunch of foreigners on top of the wall. There are a lot of people in China, okay? But there, in this city, there were not a lot of foreigners, so we stuck out. And so uh, Dave used to be a missionary to China. So he spoke Mandarin, 
And the guy came over and asked us, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? And, and um, who are you? You know, and Dave said, I'm a professor at a college. We're here visiting. And I was showing them the university. But Dave, being a good missionary that he is, right, is trying to bridge the conversation to Jesus. So he remembers that the day before, we went to this place called the Three Pagodas, which is a Buddhist temple site right there in Dali. Has anybody been to a Buddhist temple site before? A handful of people. Okay, so, you know, when you go, when you go into a Buddhist temple site, where, where, where we were at, there was small statues, big statues, very elaborate, well-painted statues, uh, well-kept, right? But it will break your heart as a Christian because you can see that people are bowing down and praying to these statues, and you know as a Christian that these statues are deaf, dumb, and blind. They have no power in themselves to save anyone. Amen? And it will break your heart. So Dave says to this guy, he says, yesterday we went to the Three Pagodas. He says, are you Buddhist? And the man says, uh, no, actually, I'm, I'm atheist. Um, and, and then he did exactly what Dave wanted him to do. He says, back to Dave, he says, are you Buddhist? Dave says, no, I'm, I'm Christian. And all these people here, we're all, we're all Christians. And wouldn't you know, this guy, as we learned, was 72 years old, okay? 72. And in 72 years, 72 years of this man's life had gone by, and he had never met a Christian before in his life. 72 years. And when Dave told me this, I was shocked it was, a, it was an eye-opening experience. And the sun was coming up. We, we left the conversation. We were walking down on, the, on the, uh, the city wall. And people were filling the streets. And people were opening up their shops. And I began to look around at all the people here. And I began to realize how many of these people don't even get the opportunity to meet a living representative of Jesus Christ unless someone goes Unless somebody goes into their world and tells them about Jesus, they will never know. And that broke my heart. I was like, I, I came back to the States. I told Brenna, we got to go to China. <laughs> um, and she's like, hold on now. Um, uh, but that, that was kind of sealing the deal for us to go into missions. Um, we ended up going to Iran, uh, not to Iran, but to the Iranian people and ministering to them. And so for the past three years, we have been working with Live Dead Iran. Um, and God, God has now shifted the, the vision and has moved us to working with Iranians here in the United States. So we're, this summer, we're going to move to Oklahoma City and, uh, and pioneer a ministry to Iranians in Oklahoma City because currently there is no one reaching Iranians there. And uh, surprisingly, with the Assemblies of God, there's actually not a lot of people reaching Iranians here in the States. So interesting thing about what God has done in my life is he has trained me well in the Western model of church, right? Bible college at Trinity, um, seminary, uh, pastoring four years in Ellendale. And then he takes me overseas to learn how to do church in a whole nother way the underground church model. And it is so far different, right? Because in Iran, 
You cannot have a big church gathering like this. You can't have loud, amazing worship like, like this, right? Because it will draw way too much attention and people will get killed and hurt, right? So you have to have small church models, reproducing, things that are reproducing, churches, churches that reproduce themselves. So what we're going to do in Oklahoma is we're going to use the best of what God has brought in both the Western and the underground church model. And we're going to learn keeping our eyes on Iran, not just reaching uh, Iranians right there in Oklahoma City, but also reaching their friends and family inside the home country as well. Because in 1979, get this, in 1979, there were only 300 Christians in Iran. Today, there are over a million Christians in Iran. And in 40 years, yeah, in 40 years, it has blown up. God is doing something amazing to the wonderful people of Iran. And we want to continue to fuel that fire and, and feed that. So we're going to, you know, the next few years is going to be figuring out how to reach Iranians in America while also training them to reach the home country as well. So that's our next step. I want to thank you, church, for allowing us to, um, being a part of this wonderful ministry that God is reaching the Iranian people through all of you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Awesome. So I really encourage you to catch Sean after the service. He'll be at a table in the lobby, and he has these cards that I would really encourage you to grab one uh, and, and, just, and support them. Him and Brenna are just doing awesome things for the Lord. On the back, there's a QR code uh, for financial giving. There's a QR code for prayer support you can do, get a part of their newsletter. Uh, there's some giving options there. So I really encourage you to check out these cards, or you can go to our website if you're tuning in online to our Give tab, hellofreedomchurch.com, and you can just scroll down missions, write Sean and, and Brenna or missionary February 12th. And we'd love to get some support behind them. Thank you, Sean. But what I love in his story is what God birthed first was a willing heart. You know, someone who's in China feeling a burden for the lost, would they know that they're going to end up working with Live Dead and work, working with Iranians and then be able to have an opportunity to be stateside working with the same demographic of people? You know, we're, we're not smart enough for all that. <laughs> You know, so let's just take the pressure off of that. We don't know where it all goes. We don't know how it all connects, and we don't have to know that. But I wonder this morning for you, and I'm not asking us to be willing to do what God has given them a willingness to do, because there's a lot of things this morning that honestly that we're not willing to do. I'm not willing to do. But the question is, what, what can I be willing to do? You know, what am I willing to do? Is it to talk to a neighbor? Is it to shovel a neighbor's sidewalk? Is it to, to reach out to somebody you know? Is it to be willing at work if the opportunity presents itself? Sure, I'll talk. Or in the classroom, sure, I'll, or in the dorm rooms, or what, whatever it might be. I believe this morning that God is working those things into us, and he's going to take care of the rest. There's one more scripture I wanted to share with you, and that's in Philippians chapter 2. I love this. Philippians 2, 13. So it's kind of a little further in the New Testament. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. It'll be on the screen as well. It says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. 
So God doesn't really want us to do the work without the willingness. Isn't that awesome? God isn't this like taskmaster that says, do all of these things. And you say, God wants to bring the heart. And when the heart is there, then he knows what he can lead us into. He brings both the will or willingness and the work. I think that's awesome. And so I want to do this, something this morning. Because I believe if we take a step this morning and say, I'm willing to do this, God. I'm willing to say something to someone. I'm willing to do something for someone. I'm willing to give. I, I'm willing. And if we make a, a declaration of that together this morning, I believe that in the next days or even this week, I believe God will open up opportunities to do that. I really do. And so I want us to take an opportunity this morning just to take a step of faith and say, yes, I'm willing. I'm willing to do something. I'm willing to be a light. I'm willing to, sh to share what God has done in my life. You don't need this whole prepared speech. You don't need this sermon. You don't need to know the Greek behind words. But what's your light? What has God done in your life that's worth sharing? Because I believe there is something. Or you wouldn't be here. Or maybe God is doing a work in your life. And maybe you this morning are saying, you know, I, I've come to church, I've read my Bible, but I know my heart hasn't really been surrendered to God yet. I know I haven't really made that step to be willing to really make him Lord of my life. And maybe this morning it's that for you to say, God, if you change my heart and, and I offer you a willing heart, I don't know how it all looks. I don't know how my life has to change. I don't know how everything has to fit together. But this morning, God, I'm going to give you my heart and I believe you're going to take care of the rest. That might be you this morning, making a step for the Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.